and welcome to episode 27 of Ranger Pod, the podcast that's spinning the morphing grid into podcast gold one episode at a time. I'm PDT, the what passes for an expert in Power Rangers on this podcast, and joining me is Grax, the idiot. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Are we just going to let them answer, are we? Yeah, I mean, you could send in your tweets and Facebook messages and emails to RangerPod. What do you think about what PDT just said? Yeah, come on, guys. How how you doing? Let's get those tweets in early. Eric, send a tweet now. <laughs> Quinn, let us know how you're doing. Erin, let us know how you're doing. Michael, let us know how you're doing. <laughs> I'm not sure this is a great opener, Grax. I think maybe we should move on to looking at today's episode. Uh, really? Do we have to? I mean... Uh... Yes, we do. Yeah. We, we absolutely do. Because today's episode is the corking Wheel of Misfortune, which first aired on November 1st, 1993. It's a hell of an episode. Uh, there are some okay parts, but uh, I... I uh. Well, you're going to have to be a lot more upbeat than that when you summarise it. Otherwise, I'm going to start docking your time. I'll do my best. So, tell you what, we're going to start at giving you three minutes of time. Because mm-hmm. that's the time you always say you can do it in. Yeah, but every time that I think you're being too miserable, I'll take away another fifteen seconds. What? Yep. Oh man, I sort of fake being happy. You've got to fake being ecstatic about this episode. Uh, oh boy, let's get on to this episode. All right, Grax, you've got three minutes. Starting now. It's school playtime as we see our heroes doing a dress rehearsal of the story of Stiltskin. We see the principal, Mr. Claplin, as the director, Jason as some guy, Kimberly as the main princess, and Bulk as Stiltskin. Everybody's acting... Uh, of sorts. Although Bog... Two minutes 30, just been docked. Ah, right. Even though Bog didn't learn his lines, he starts spinning the antique wheel and it causes Mr. Kaplan's toupee to fly off. But oh no! The spinning wheel is now broken and oh no! It happens to be Kimberly's grandmother's antique spinning wheel and Kimberly is super upset. But that's okay because Tommy thinks he can fix it for Kimberly, which is great. But meanwhile, on the moon, Rita announces that she will steal this Kimberly spinning wheel for some reason. Whatever. Goldon's down with his idea. I'm docking. That is another 15 seconds gone. You're at 1 minute 45. Uh, Whatever, man. Goldon's happy with his idea. So he takes the putties. He steals the spinning wheels. And now it's gone. And Rita uses this to summon the dread wheel of misfortune, which transmute the antique spinning wheel into a spiky wheel of death. Woo! Yeah. Meanwhile, Tommy's walking through the park and Golda just happens to send some putties to capture Tommy. And they do it with ease because, as everybody knows, Tommy needs to spend a chunk of time of each episode away from the main action. Meanwhile, the mysterious disappearance of Kimberly's grandmother's spinning wheel has been solved. As Zordon explains to the heroes that Golda stole it so that Rita could put a spell on it and now it could destroy everything it touches. He also tells the heroes that Tommy's been captured and is tied up to a tree. However, Zordon explicitly says, no, don't rescue Tommy. Go deal with Goldar and Scorpina instead. It's morphing time at 9 minutes and 16 seconds. So the five Power Rangers fight Goldar and Scorpina for about 15 seconds until Rita makes them grow. And the Power Rangers then summon the dinosaurs. Then suddenly, Goldar throws a box-standard rope net over the Tyrannosaurus Zord and starts shooting lasers. Then Goldar and Scorpina jump on Zord, uh, the Tyrannosaurus and then there's a whole bunch of later fighting pew pew bang bang and then back at the park Tommy is able to break free of his rope binds and beat up the putties and then it's dragons all time at 12 minutes and 47 seconds finger missiles shooting at Skoldark Scorpina pew 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 
Dragonzord frees the Tyrannosaurus from the, from the rope nets. And then, oh no, it's the dream, a dream, dream wheel? The oh, dream no, wheel. You, sorry, you're, you're out of time. That no. is 15 seconds docked. Oh, oh no. No, it's no. 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 You can't stop me now. But what about the Ultra Zord? What about Titanus? What about explosions? You'll have to be bloody happy when you tell us about it. Ah, but well, this is the... Even happier than you ever thought. Tell no, us. seriously, this is the best part because we see Titanus and the Zords combining to form the Ultra Zord explosions. And they're shooting all the guns at this death wheel. Boom. And because of this, they breaks the spell of the Dread Wheel and everything is back to normal. The end after a nice performance from Bulk and Kimberly at the play. Woo! Okay, thank you, Grax. Um, <sighs> I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to any listeners who liked having eardrums because <laughs> that was super loud. Well, I had to be super loud because that was the best bit of the entire episode. I said uh, be happy, not be like shouting. Well, I was actually really excited for the 15, 20 seconds that we ought to see Titanus come on and then they all clips together like one giant magnet and all the gungam bang bangs. But everything else, oh, boring, okay. dull, and what was Rita thinking? Well, I don't know. Let's start with what was Rita thinking then. Because Rita's plan in this episode is to steal Kimberly's spinning wheel and turn it into a deadly wheel of death. Right, that's that, pretty cool. No, it's not. What? Why? What's so cool about stealing some antique wooden contraption of a spinning wheel and then just putting spikes on it with a magic spell? She turned it into a pretty badass wheel. Well, what can she? I just... mean, it was going around sparking. It was slashing the Megazord, slashing the Dragonzord. Well, yes, fair enough. The, the sparkly, sparkly effects of uh, sparklers was. It wasn't oh... sparkly. It was properly kind of yeah pyrotechnics going on there. <sighs> But it doesn't make any sense. Why, why cast a spell on Kimberly's grandmother's spinning wheel when she could just make the thing herself? She was taking inspiration from what was around. I, I suppose. And also she knew that it would bum Kimberly out if, even further if it was gone. This is absolutely true. And we've proven that she Kimberly is very, very upset when her works of art are destroyed. And this was her grandmother's antique spinner. Yeah, she wasn't quite as upset about it as she was when her own float was destroyed. But... <laughs> <laughs> That's a good There's point. levels, I suppose. <laughs> but no, I'm completely behind Rita's plan in this episode. I'll be honest, are you saying that you've got an issue with the idea of her taking one of the ranger's objects and turning it into a monster? No, because that's been done before in the past, and now I'm okay that's with That's going to happen a lot, so oh. really you need to get on board with that kind of idea. But it's such an inanimate object, at least before in the past, with the dream sequence of Mr. Tickle Flincher, whatever it was called. It, it, was a, it was a creature, it was a monster, it made sense. This is just a wheel. Yeah, you really need to get on board with this kind of thing. Okay. You know, if you look, you know, like a mirror or a purse. Oh. Any kind of, yeah, season two, Grax. Oh dear. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but this is the kind of thing that happens basically every week. I see. Okay, well, let's take it to the next step. Let's let's agree for now that take that taking the spinner and convert it into a mega death weapon is a good idea. They hardly yeah. ever use it. They hardly ever talk about it in the entire episode until the very end. Well, it gets it comes into its own in the Zord fight. But why doesn't it come into its own earlier on? Why not do it because when the girls are humans? Why do we have to wait for Goldar and Scorpina to go around stomping everything to bring it on out? Because it's busy chasing Barai around the labyrinth, okay? <gasps> oh! <laughs> I mean, you know, if you want to push me, that, that's 
Right, we're going to talk about Zoo Ranger then. Let's because... let's let's pause for a second on the the drama that is the Rumble Stilton story, and I want to know from Zoo Ranger what purpose does this thing have? Yeah, I mean we've hardly talked about Power Rangers so far, but you've pushed me into it, Grax. I want answers. Okay, so we're not picking up from Dora Frankenstein like we did last time. That's a thing that might be next episode. We're picking up on the Barai story. Okay, uh, I think I think it's a couple of stories episodes after. So I think Geki already knows that Barai. It's you know has limited time because uh-huh. we start we start with him in the lapsless room. He's got thirteen hours left, uh, but the solitude is really starting to get to him. So he like escapes uh, and then goes and just hangs out with a random girl in the park and her little baby sister. Uh-huh. And he's all like, "Huh, this little girl's got a future. I've got no future." Oh, that's deep. Yeah, and then the baby carriage just like starts running off of its own accord. The little girl is like looking at Barai for a minute, and that's when the baby carriage is slipping away. And he goes on an insane chase through it throughout the town. Mm-hmm. Clearly not in the laws of physics, but we do sort of find out why. Because he throws his dragon dagger at it. The baby flies through the air. <laughs> what? He, he catches the baby, and the baby turns out to be a putty. Oh my god! It was yep. a trap? Yep, it was a trap. He starts fighting the potties. It turns out the girl and the baby were real, but Bandora switched the baby out at some point. Ooh. Yeah, so she's got the baby, and then the little girl is looking. For, is also looking for her sister. She's in the forest. She finds a girl. She finds like a woman with a big nose and a spinning wheel, and the woman's like, "Come closer. I can help you. Come closer." Oh, don't do it! Don't do it! Well, the little girl just goes up to the spinning wheel and just pricks her finger on it. Oh no! Doesn't even you know? Doesn't even get. To, tricked into doing it she literally just volunteers herself <laughs> uh, anyway the the woman turns out to be scorpina oh. or lammy so this is all part of a plot by bandora to run down barai's time outside of his lapsless room mm-hmm. so the idea is that yeah she's got the child locked up sleeping in the castle of thorns and barai has to go there because obviously he feels responsible that's the idea and she's also got the baby but that's not in the castle right may is like yeah nobody ever comes back from the castle of thorns it's a big legendary thing and geki's like no get back to your room barai and he does go back to his room initially and then after like two minutes he's in there and can like hear geki's voice going stay in your room and then the, the girl's voice going ah help me help me Anyway, so he goes out and helps. Lisa needs braces. Dental plan. Lisa needs braces. Yeah, Dental exactly. Plan. Lisa needs braces. Dental plan. Lisa needs braces. <laughs> yeah, pretty much that. Um, yeah, so he cuts to the Moon Palace. There's Bandora up there. Goldar's holding the baby. And the baby's like crying. And he's like, cry harder, cry harder. Oh, wow. That's cool. <laughs> so anyway, Barai goes to the Castle of Thorns, which is basically just a house. It's not a castle in the slightest, but yeah, she's sleeping. So he gives her a little kiss on the cheek and she wakes up. Then he's trapped because Bandora turns up and she's like, aha, this was a trap. Surprise. <laughs> um, and like sets off a trap door in the floor and him and the girl get sort of put into the cave, sort of just underground caves. And the wheel is there, basically her deadly wheel and it attacks. And it looks as spiky and as deadly as it did in Power Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's the same wheel. Ah. Because it's the same footage. <laughs> yeah, so the wheel starts attacking them. Meanwhile, the Zoo Rangers have to fight with Grifosa and Lamy, and Bandora turns up and she's like, Aha! Barai's already been in the cave for four hours. <laughs> He's never getting out of there. He's going to die under there. And Geki's like, I've got to go and save him. But that's why Scorpina and Goldar come in. 
because they stop him from trying to get away. He can't leave to go and save Barai. So they do the whole thing with the T-Rex net. The girl falls down and there's this whole thing of Barai trying to save her, sort of, you know, their hands are slippy and things. And for some reason he glows up a big, like, glowing green light somehow. And that's when Geki and the others see them and he's like, May, get the pterodactyl. That's why the pterodactyl's not in the Zord fight. Because the pterodactyl goes off to blast the cave. Ah. And that allows Barai to get free. And just all the stuff that you then see with the spinning wheel and things. Except that Bandora then gets the pram with the baby in and tosses that up into the air. And then she's like, it's time to send that baby to hell. Wow. That sounds amazing. So then the, the spinning wheel is just kind of spinning round and round the cart and getting closer and closer each time. It's kind of taunting them slightly. And so they decide to just summon King Brachian and fire the Ultra Zord at the wheel. They somehow manage to not kill the baby. <laughs> I'm not surprised with all those guns flying around. That's yeah. insane! The cart falls and the baby like falls and Barai saves him. But then Bandora's like, aha, he's used eight hours. So somehow the Zord battle took four hours. That's an epic battle right there. Yeah. Barai's only got five hours of his life left. And he apologises to Geki for going off. But he's like, I want to live whatever I've got left in my life. I want to live it helping you guys to save the world. The end. Now, see, one of my thoughts was, how could we write the Power Rangers episode better than what we were given? And that's your answer right there. Zoo Ranger. Much more better, I, f- well, I feel. Well, you say that, but there's no usable footage. Like, Barai is not morphed in those caves. <laughs> yes, this is true. So they couldn't have used any of that stuff. Oh, it was such a shame. Such a shame. Even if they'd have somehow managed to get a little girl substitute that they could sort of dub over or something. Mm. Yeah, they wouldn't have been able to use any of it. So really, all they had was the action footage. Quite. Okay, I've calmed down a bit. I've been really entertained by the Zoo Ranger footage there, but... If you yeah. go back to Power Rangers, what did you like about it so much? I mean, we've heard what I think about the bad points so far. What did you like Okay, well, first of all, I like the action footage. I'm a bit annoyed that this is the first time we see the Ultra Zord. Yes, I, th- I feel like it was a bit of a flaccid introduction to a giant wheel. You could have introduced this to something better, but I am glad it's here. Well, it wasn't even the fact it was a giant wheel. It's the fact that they just literally went, okay, let's call the Ultra Zord. Not even a line from Zordon saying... You know, you need to call on Titanus. Mm -hmm. Remember that thing that attacked you last week? Yes. Yeah, it was just suddenly, Titanus, I call upon you. Where did that come from? Well, it's because, I mean, Zordon has said Titanus would be a friend, but it's the fact they call on the Ultra Zord, just without, like, saying, hey, we should form the Ultra Zord that Zordon told us about. Because the thing is, in order to form the Ultra Zord, they they also need to form the actual Mega Dragon Zord. Which they skipped. All they did was they brought Titanus and then they clipped on the toy uh, uh, Mega's Dragon Zord straight in there. There was no morphing sequence. Well, there wasn't any time to form it together properly. Not really, but again, they haven't introduced the actual Mega Dragon Zord as a proper thing. And just remind me, that's the mode where it's the Mega Zord with the Dragon Zord skin draped on top of it, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yes. But again, it just. It's not introduced, so. But I really like the action sequence. I really, I mean, again, you know, you always like the whole thing when you've got the Zords like acting individually. Yes, I will. You've and got I will, some of that. Yes, I did, and I will. I will agree with you there. It was actually exciting. Separate Zords fighting one by one. That was exciting. I really don't understand where they got such a huge str- rope net from to tangle up the dr- Tyrannosaurus. Well, no, but that's just magic, isn't it? That's that's the whole point of Bandora and Earth. 
well, Rita and her friends. Yeah, um, it's they've it, got magic. I wish they could have spiced it up a little bit better, like made it all glittery. Because right now it's just a plain rope. Well, it does then electrify it, doesn't it? No, it was Goldar that shoots with his lightning bolt hands, yeah. which apparently he now has. But sure, whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, I liked it as a sequence. I also like the spinning wheel. I like the fact that it's got sparks flying off it, and it's clearly dangerous yes not destroyed everything on side but you know it grazes it causes a bit of a spark damage no so i mean in a rare thing it's it's the action footage that really elevates this one for me because mm-hmm. it's some pretty cool stuff let's talk about the rest of the episode that isn't the action footage because which is most of it which is what 75 percent of it i don't i know i don't, see i don't think it is i think it's a fairly action heavy episode that's how it felt to me well, that part of that is because of tommy walking around the park and then oh no suddenly putties and he's like, okay. okay. Yeah, so the way they keep Tommy out of it in this one is that Tommy fails to defeat five putties. On the bridge. On the bridge and gets tied up by them. And the main reason why he didn't is because he got distracted by his green bag. Oh, but what's inside the green bag, <laughs> which is the important focal point? So, oh, mystery, mystery. I mean, obviously, he reveals the mystery by saying, I wish my communicator was not in my bag. I wish it was on my wrist. So there's no mystery there, Quinn. No. Just shut up about the bags, guys. Uh, <laughs> Never! So Tommy puts the communicator in his bag and it's like, yeah, well, why aren't you wearing it? It's literally designed to be worn around your wrist. It's a watch, ultimately. Yeah, that bugged me a bit, but at the same time, you know, it's cool to see Tommy having to sort of escape. And yeah, yeah I, I didn't mind that. It felt a bit, you know, we know that it's it's obviously killing time. Absolutely is killing time. I think when I was a child, this kind of thing didn't bother me too much. You know, it was just like, yeah, he's been trapped by the putties. It happens, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did like the sequence where he jumped off the bridge. And then he yeah. was doing the thing where he jumped back on the bridge, which is just playing the footage backwards. I'm often a fan of that kind of <laughs> camera trickery right yeah. there. Yeah. And, you know, we got we got plenty of... I can't fault Tommy. He's a good fighter. Except when he gets captured by five putties. <laughs> he, he, is, he is good at making his trademark noise. I did find it funny that um, at the command centre, he was all almost saying, okay, so we got the... Dreadwheel? Yep, that's fine. Oh, by the way, Tommy's over there, captured by a tree. And I think it was Kimberly. Yeah, Kimberly was saying, Oh no, Tommy, we have to go save him. And then Zordon's like, No, there's no time. You've got to deal with Goldar and Scorpina. Don't bother saving Tommy. Literally two minutes. That's all it would take. Yeah. Especially if they did it while they were morphed up. I know you're not meant to escalate, but sorry, they've got a battle to do. Yeah, or, just, or I don't know, split up for a second. Yeah, and it would just exactly. speed things up. All you have to do is send one morphed ranger and they can deal with five putties. Well, actually, it was three putties by that point, wasn't it? All you need to do is to send down Jason or even Zack unmorphed. He'll be, they would be able to handle it. Hell, even Billy. No, Billy couldn't do it. <laughs> oh, no, no. Sorry, three putties is too many for Billy, mm. but... Yeah, anyone else, literally, on the team. It's Send Uncle Howard in. Then yes. you can send the, the five rangers off to go and do the skull draw on Scorpina. <laughs> Uncle Howard comes along, defeat, defeats the putties, unties Tommy. Tommy gives him his power coin. <laughs> and it's like, you wouldn't have got tied up by these guys. This is true. I'm disappointed in you, Tommy. That's what he would say. Incidentally, if anyone knows who played Uncle Howard, please do let us know, because if he's alive, I would love to get him on the podcast. Absolutely. I've tried asking around on, like, Ranger Board and things, and no one seems to know who played him, because paperwork from that time certainly doesn't exist in terms of what's been out, what's out there in the fandom. 
So contact us on Twitter and Facebook and email if you know the answer. Yeah, Twitter at RangerPod, Facebook RangerPod, email the RangerPod at gmail.com, that kind of thing. Yeah, otherwise we're just going to have to go to all these conventions and start tracking down everybody one person at a time. Come on, David Jost, who played Uncle Howard? Tell me. (laughs) I don't know, he was some old dude, they had to dub him over. Not good enough. No, no. So that's our that's our summer convention planned out. Yeah, um, yeah. And then there's the framing plot, but I don't think the framing plot takes that much time. I mean, ha- what what at what point did you say the Rangers morph in this one? It's morphing time at nine minutes and sixteen seconds. Okay, so yeah, I mean, given that you've had Tommy fighting for like three or four of those minutes at least, I don't actually think the framing plot takes that much time because they they only go back to it in the final scene. Hmm. So, you know, it's only five minutes of business at the beginning, and it's kind of fun, I, actually. It is quite fun to see all these actors acting badly in a play like they would do at a high school. The, the story that is Rumpelstiltskin. Jason is even worse an actor than Austin St. John is. Yeah, and I, you just don't know where the actor stops and where the character begins, you know? <laughs> no, it's, it's all very kind of deep. There's levels there, you know? It's... <laughs> mm. Austin St. John and, and Jason and Jason being an a bad actor and yep. yeah. And Amy Jo Johnson again doing award winning sadness and acting. <laughs> well, Amy Jo Johnson is quite a decent actress when she wants to be. Mm-hmm. And so I quite like the fact that Kimberly is also a pretty bad actress. But yep. we know that Amy we know that Amy Jo Johnson has kind of got chops. Yep. She's not the world's best actress, but she's Probably the team's best actress. This is true. And you have to bear in mind, this is probably... Was this her early acting career, Power Rangers? Was she doing stuff beforehand? No, I think this was pretty much her first... Certainly her first major role. Mm. So, obviously, she will get better over time. And the best acting, of course, is Bulk. Not needing <laughs> well, to learn his course. lines. Going in and adding a touch of the 90s, I think he said it was. He did, yeah, and he was like, hey, babe. And spinning the wheel faster than the laws of physics would reasonably allow. Oh, absolutely, just to blow off the toupee for a comedy toupee joke. Yeah, I'm not sure that spinning it the way he spun it in the episode would actually cause enough air to, like, wind to blow off Mr. Kaplan's wig. Now, I ain't no aerodynamic scientist, but I I think you're (laughs) right there. I think that the the shape of the wheel just doesn't work. I think the wheel would have just completely fallen off and collapsed before... The toupee would have collapsed and fallen off. Well, probably, and that was pretty much what Kimberly thought had happened. Yeah. I mean, I, I do like seeing Mr. Kaplan. I think he's... It's always funny when his wig comes off. You it's know. been a while since he was in an episode, wasn't it? It has, yeah. I I thought he was in so much more of a presence in the series than he has been. But again, there you go. Bulk's actually kind of upset when Kimberly is like, hey, what You know, what the hell? You've broken my wheel. And he's like, look, I'm sorry. I, did, I didn't mean it. It's... Yeah, he showed more emotions than everybody else, especially the uh, Mr. Kaplan. is like, oh, let's get out of here before anything else breaks. <laughs> Who cares about that old thing? Let's just get out of here. Well, of course, that, that that's not all that Bulk was showing in that moment because we saw quite a bit of Paulie Schreier's chest hair. Something for the ladies? Oh, yes. (laughs) And of course, yeah, Billy's the director of the play. He just seems to be looking angry. Well, he's not been given anything to do in this episode except come on and just point and say a couple of lines. This is probably the least... Did he even have any lines in the episode? He does. He was something like, yeah, an action, uh, 
now you're on stage. He was, he was a director. I think he said, people, let's, no, actually, Kaplan said, let's try this again. So, yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure Billy had a line in there somewhere, maybe. Yeah, and I'm just trying to think. And Trini didn't have any lines, not many. Zach didn't no. have any lines, not many. So it was just the other three. It was just Jason, Tommy, and Kimberly saying the lines. Yeah, funny that. Yeah, so Tommy once again is trying the whole, ooh, if I do things for Kimberly, she'll f*** me. Yes, I'm glad you spotted that. I don't, I don't know if you can spot <laughs> What do you this. mean, you're, gl- you're glad I am spotted it? It was it was the most obvious thing. I mean, he's, he's just skulking around. He's got two distinct voices as well. He's got the, oh, if I speak really calmly and softly to Kimberly, she'll be bound to like me, and oh, friend zone. And then he goes up to Bulk and Skull and goes, hey! I'm a bit more aggressive, a bit more madly now. Where's the wheel? I'm not messing around, Bulk and Skull. But it's not enough to scare Bulk, that's for sure. Bulk's like, so what? It's goody two-shoes. And quite right, frankly. <laughs> You're not fooling anybody. No, Bulk and Skull didn't do anything. Bog off, Tommy. Yeah. They were just stood there, like, just asking anyone who walked past. Have you seen the spinning wheel? Have you seen the spinning wheel? <laughs> no, like- no. Leave me alone. I'm busy. I'm late for class. Get out. Yeah. Leave me alone. And, of course, then, at the end, we get... A two-minute play. <laughs> yeah, there's no introduction. There's well, I'm guessing there was an intro. No, it's just a two-minute play. Come on, yeah. uh, Jason's like, yeah, spin the threads. Uh, oh, where's Rapunzel? Bolt comes on, grabs up the straws, bends over, rips his trousers. The end. Shortest play well, yeah, ever. Yeah, it's the fact that Kimberly that sort of Bolt splits his trousers. And we see his piggy pants again, and then Kimberly's just like, um, um, the end. <laughs> that's the yeah that's the end of the episode i really hope the audience didn't pay you any money for the show well no especially as it's clearly a, a weird telling of rumpelstiltskin given that she already knows his name it's it's fine i mean it's a school it's play not fine the whole point of rumpelstiltskin is that she doesn't know his name till the end that's the whole trap uh, that don't, he gets put uh, don't worry about it i mean we got to see um comedy i am worried about it like <laughs> uh, yeah it's it's an entire st- let's say hour and a half two hour performance condensed down to two minutes if i'd pay 20 quid for that show i would have been furious i would not be giving them a round of applause no and ernie appears to be doing the tech for the show because ernie well he was around at the time and nobody else could actually do it like there's only six people in the entire production who set up oh, the yeah. set who put everything out on the on, on the ground ernie this is the baffling thing for me. How did this all get like, together? No, I just want I still want to know what Ernie's role is with the school. Is the gym and juice bar connected? Is it, it Yeah, I really don't understand and it's starting to bug me now. Mm. Cuz he's just he's just everywhere. The school events are held in the juice bar. But why has a school got a juice bar attached that people like pay to go in uh, and and a gym at the same time as well? Suspicious. It's like a jack of all trades. I think this warrants an investigation. All right, well, you go off and do that, and I'll sit here and rate the episode. I w- w- hey, okay. <laughs> I really liked this one. I mean, it's not the best Power Rangers has to offer. There are things that it glosses over, but I found it fun. It's got the Ultra Zord in. It's got the whole Tommy stuff. Tommy is in it for a fair chunk of the episode. Unlike you know, I know he's getting kidnapped and things, but yeah, he's in it. And I th- I find the play stuff quite fun. It's a throwaway plot device, but it's fun. So I didn't like the bit where they all took the out of Kimberly. Yeah. She sat there looking sad and they all just sit next to her, like mimicking her. Yeah. I was just like, you 
Well, Kimberly thought it was quite funny, and she kind of broke out of her sadness for a moment. I don't like it. So, for that reason, I'm only going to give it four power coins out of six. Right. Okay. Come on then, Grax. Give it a rating, and I'll tell you that you're wrong. As you can probably tell, I'm not a big fan of this episode. I didn't like the idea of Rita taking this antique wheel and... casting a spell on it to turn it into a death wheel of some kind it doesn't make any real sense and i don't Again, like you fa- really need to get over your hatred of that plot device also it, it hardly ever comes up in this episode whatsoever so the plot line doesn't really make much sense because it's busy in the caves with barai i did like some stuff and despite me sounding like i didn't at the beginning of this podcast i did actually like the fight scenes even though lots of it didn't make any sense and there were some good fun action scenes and I guess I also like the Rumpelstiltskin play storyline as well. The acting itself, not the rest of it, just the acting, the before and the after. Okay. So, so with all that in mind, I am going to give this two power coins out of six, but only just. I mean, I was close <laughs> to being angry to giving a one, but there are bits I liked, which is why I'm giving it two out of six. You are too kind, Grax. Hmm. And I'm sure people will say that I'm too kind, but <laughs> to, to those people, I say this. Yeah, so there you go. You can't see the, the gesture I was doing then, but I think you can guess. Um, that, that works quite well in an audio podcast. Yep, yeah, I am the master of the audio podcast. Okay, so, yeah, that wraps it up for Wheel of Misfortune. Again, let us know what you think. Best ways to tweet us at RangerPod or leave a comment on our Facebook page. And join us again next week when we will be travelling to a two-part episode... The Island of Illusion. Does that mean we have to do two episodes next week? No, because it's a clip show, so there's very little to talk about. Oh, good. So we can condense into one podcast. That's the idea. Yeah, it may go disastrously wrong. Tune in next week to find out. In the meantime, I've been PDT. I've been Grax. Bye for now. (laughs) Ta-ra!